Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. And I am ready to roll. What a night. Thanks for my wife for pulling me out of the Cosmopolitan at 2.30 in the morning as I was celebrating with hundreds of Raider fans as the city had one of the great nights in the history of Las Vegas in sports, without a doubt. Last night was one of the greatest sports nights of my life, and that says something because I've been lucky to go to great sporting events my entire life, long before radio. And last night was the perfect storm. Being here in Vegas, living here for quite some time, working for the Raiders, working here at Lotus at the flagship station, friends in town, pregame show, postgame show, and one of the most wild, insane, bizarre finishes that you'll ever see in sports, period. It's never happened before. It'll never happen again. Nothing will ever be as close to that. You will never see anything like it. As I was trying to put into words last night on the postgame, there have been better games. There have been better finishes. There's been a lot of things that happened in the history of the NFL, the annals of the NFL that were better than last night, much better. But what last night had was something that those other events didn't have. It had Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, and the first game ever with fans. Sold out entertainment in a game that is hard to describe. It really is difficult to describe. I've read a couple of insiders today, great Great writers try to put it into words, and I'm still trying to put it into words because it's tough to explain. I talked to my dad today, telling him about his grandson, my son at the game, and what we saw and how to put it into words, and it's hard to do because people would not believe it if you told them that if they didn't watch the game. You know, a third of half the country didn't watch the game because it was late, and it went late, and TV shut off on Monday Night Football the later the game goes. Those who stayed up and watched it and reacted to it will remember it forever. The Raiders won. I choose to celebrate that because this job is really easy and really fun, but it sucks if they would have lost the way they lost last night. If they found a way to lose first and goal at the half-yard line after Edwards got in and the Ravens were walking to the locker room, when that deflected pass went off the helmet and the Ravens got the ball back, I was convinced they were going to lose. I'll be honest with you. After that, I was rooting for the Raiders hard. I was in the booth with Brett Musburger. I did not think they'd win that game. That looked like a typical, legendary Raider loss unfolding in front of us. I looked over at the guys. I said, you're kidding me. That just happened. And then they didn't get the field goal team on. I'm like, this cannot be happening. I think I tweeted that. This cannot be happening. And they still won the game. They won the game because they were bleeping resilient. They played with heart and character. Last night I was out with someone with the organization who was celebrating with me, and he basically said last year's team would not have won that game. We all knew that. Last year's team, with all the guys that got banged up, half those guys wouldn't have been back in the game last year. They just wouldn't have. They would have been out of the game. That would have been it. And these guys were limping back onto the field to win the game for each other. Incredible. 
absolutely bizarre and incredible. We need a name for that. I got about 150 responses last night. I'll read through some if you want to call in today. 702-365-9200. We are looking for the name of that game. Now, there's been some bad names in Raider history. The worst is Immaculate Reception. That's the worst. Worse than the Tuck Rule. It is. Immaculate Reception is the all-time biggest, wildest, craziest finish in the history of sports. Raiders were on the losing end. Raiders were on the losing end of the tuck rule. Last night, as I was in the booth with Brent and Lincoln, I looked up, and they were teasing SportsCenter. They were saying SportsCenter was coming up with Scott Van Pelt. And I said to myself, I said, what's going to happen right here is that we are looking at the national media destroying the Raiders. They were going to take the Raiders out last night and today like you haven't seen before. We've been talking about that topic for a month or two. Who are the biggest Raider haters? Who are the, who are the media members who don't respect the Raiders? Who are the media members, like today, who only know the name Derek Carr and still think it's a 7-10 team? Who are those guys and gals? Well, if the Raiders ended up losing that game last night, it would have been the biggest low-hanging fruit in the Raiders' history since they moved from Oakland. Every single national media member would have lined up and mocked John Gruden, who I thought called a masterful game. Gruden's team made mistakes, and he took the heat for that as always. They made mental mistakes in the game. They dropped the ball. They had penalties. They had young guys where the stage looked a little bit too big for them at times. And then not getting the field goal team on there in time and having to, you know, run another play, and then it worked out great on the game-winning touchdown. But all of that, as we like to say in, in the NFL, needs to be cleaned up. Jack Del Rio said that a lot. we got to clean things up. Well, they need to clean some things up. But if the Raiders would have lost that game, I have no idea what this show would have sounded like today. No idea. And I'm pretty good at knowing what shows sound like. I think I'm really good at that. And today, I don't know. I would have been, let me just tell you, I talked to Bobby about this before the show. I would have been pretty optimistic if they lost because they played with such grit coming back. But they would have been in last place going into Pittsburgh, and there's no way if they lost that game last night, I think they have a shot in Pittsburgh. Let me make that clear. If they lost that game last night on a ball off a helmet, on the one-foot yard line as Leatherwood ball starts and they go backwards and they lose that game, there is no way they're winning that game in Pittsburgh on a short week. No chance. Now... They got a puncher's chance. They got a fighter's chance to go win that game. And we're going to spend the rest of the week starting tomorrow, and we're going to try to get in front of that game and figure out how they have to win it. I'll go first. They have to shorten that game and run the ball. They have to shorten that game, run the ball, run the ball, get to a manageable score at the half, up three, down three, and hope for the best in the second half because Pittsburgh kicked the crap out of Buffalo, and Buffalo's better than the Raiders by a lot. Not a little, by a lot. It's a team I predicted to win the Super Bowl this year. They're 0-1 Buffalo. They're very good. And Pittsburgh's very good. Baltimore's very good, but Baltimore's had a lot of injuries. And now the Raiders are banged up a bit. I'm going to wait for a full explanation from John Gruden, who's going to be talking here in a bit on the injuries, before I get ahead. But back to the game. And we want to take your calls at 702-365-9200 as we open up. Good to see we have some calls ready to go. I'll, I'll go through all the highlights I wanted to leave the, the days after games are going to leave open and not drill it with a ton of guests so Raider fans can call in. But 
I, I really believe that that was a make-or-break game for the entire season. I said they had a split their first two games. I think they have to go 1-1 one and one after two. If they go 2-0 and oh like last year, it's fantastic. But they had to split, and they got the split. They got the split already, and now it's on a short week, and I think they have to play a great game. I was unimpressed with a lot of players on the field last night who I didn't think played well, but the players who made up for it, like Mad Max, Ngakwe, Carl Nassib, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, Edwards, the players who played well, really saved the night. And I want to know how you felt with that whole night. How proud did you feel as a Raider fan? And how proud did you feel as a Las Vegan to go to that game last night? I was, I was there very early. Our whole channel here got in there to do radio all day yesterday. So I didn't deal with any tailgates. I don't know what the traffic was like. I don't care. This show is not about people bitching about the concession lines being long. Take it somewhere else. There, there have been some miserable people on the radio in this market for a long time who love to be miserable because they don't do anything. They don't have a lifestyle. They don't get to go to games. And when they go there, they'll take a picture of a long concession line and bitch and moan that it wasn't fast enough for them. That's not for this show. I don't care about that. I don't care where you park. I don't care how you get to the game. I don't care. I care about wins and losses. And I have a win to celebrate, and I'm really excited because it could have been a loss. I'm not saying it should have been a loss. It could have been a loss multiple times. They were down 14-0. They could have got annihilated in that game, by the way. They were down 14-0. Baltimore's got the ball. They go up 17-0, 21-0. That thing's over. People are waiting for too short and Ice Cube to perform, and they're out of there in Vegas. The Raiders came back and showed resiliency. They showed grit and guts. These are the type of players in games that Gruden wanted. He told you. He wanted guys like this who can play this way. Now he's got to get them healthy. I, mean, I have a feeling that training room is going to be packed this week. The guys took a beating in that game. And then he had to go play in overtime on top of it. And the emotions and all that. Fortunately, the Raiders have a really good staff of trainers and people to get them ready to play. But the whole league's getting injured. The 49ers lost two players for the year. Uh, injuries around the league. And we'll see what John Gruden has to say about that coming there. I had a beautiful night. My wife and my son. My son came back from college just for that game. My wife had to take him to the airport this morning. I said goodbye to him. I gave him a big hug. I was proud of him. He's 18 years old. He wanted to come home as a Raider fan to go to that game. He needed to be there, and it was great. He didn't miss any class. He went right back, went right back this morning. I was proud of him. We had a great time at the game. I ran into so many friends, saw so many people there, had a great time, and again, was the last guy out of the building. 90-minute postgame show. Took every call that you put in front of me, and it was glorious. It was a glorious night. It was unbelievable. And my wife and I got into the vehicle after the game, got dropped off at the Cosmo. I looked at her, and I said, I'm going big. She goes, I figured that. And I had a lot of friends, a lot of people. We went into this cool speakeasy at the Cosmo called the Barbershop. A lot of Raiders staff there and people. And we hit it pretty good. Woke up this morning. Wi-Fi went out at home. Came into the studio with Bobby. And I got five hours of radio to do solo. Two here and three tonight. And it's all going to be about the Raiders winning. I'm fired up. Eric in Vegas, start us off on the flagship. How are you? I'm proud of listening to you, JT, driving back from the game last night, and you challenged a caller. You said, what are you talking about? He goes, the Raiders, I'll quote you, the Raiders played their balls off, 
and they showed extreme character. And that's what I noticed. JT, you're talking to a guy right now, and you know me. I was there at the first game in 1982 when the Raiders beat the Chargers in the L.A. Coliseum. I was there in 1995, the first Raider game in Oakland, when the Raiders beat the Chargers. Hosteller, Tim Brown, great game. And I was there last night. And I shared it. You're going to say, I don't have a name for it, but you got to share it with your son. I shared it with my son. And that's the greatest thing about it. The look at the expression on this kid's face, who's, how old is my kid? 29 years old, and he's, he's seen a lot of losing. We've had, mm-hmm. We have one winning season since 2002, JT. To look at the expression on his face and to know that I had that expression on my face throughout most of the 70s and the 80s shows me of things that come on this team. I'm proud of this team. I'm proud of Gruden. I'm, I'm tired of people putting Gruden and Mayock down for the draft picks that, that didn't work out. You didn't mention Jonathan Abram. Great game last night. Mm-hmm. All right, Moore, yeah. great game last night. These guys' this defense was tenacious. Reminding me, I know you're party with Phil Villapiano. JT, I'm still dust to dawn. I'm still partying. I haven't gone to sleep yet. That's, that's unusual for this 60-year-old idiot. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. getting those guys on the radio last night that challenged anything negative about the Raiders. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was brilliant. And I'm happy to be your friend. And, and I look, like I said, I've missed one game in 40 years. I'm excited about this game as of any other game. I'll let you go. Thank you. Dust till dawn. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you, Eric. Covered the Raiders during the Gruden years. And, yeah, it was great to go with your family to a game, to go and be fortunate enough if you have tickets. Some people don't. I get it. To just go into that game and experience what we experienced. It was just so high and so low and then so high again. You only get that from sports and being there. It's, it's, you know, some people say, I love TV. I love being in my man cave. Give me crap. You go to that game last night live with fans sitting next to you and strangers, and you watch that game together. With a community like that, and everybody walks out together, it's special. It really is special. That was a great night in the history of Vegas, ever, because it's football, the NFL. It's much bigger than college basketball, hockey, college football. It's much bigger. It's not even close. And that was a magical night, and fortunately, the Raiders won. Raiders won the game. Uh, Juco, Sacramento, on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, JT? Doing well, Excellent thanks. Game last night. Yes. Excellent, right on, Ryan. Thanks for bringing it. Um, if you look at the game, right, and if you ever played cards at a casino, blackjack, there's some high high moments where you're winning and it looks like you're going to go away with a couple of bills in your pocket, and all of a sudden you start to lose. That's exactly how the game was last night. You were on this, this losing streak, and all of a sudden you started to come back, you started to win a little bit more money. Then all of a sudden, you know but. The house always wins. When it comes down to it, the house always wins. I would like to kind of put that out there for the Raider Nation and the team. Playing at home, the house has always got to win. Yeah, I mean, that was a game, I think you'd admit at the end, when Carr threw the interception and was attacking the end zone, that Mm -hmm. it just looked like a typical, not a typical Raider loss. It looked like one of the top five losses in regular season history, regular season history, about to happen because of the magnitude of Las Vegas. And when that defense came back on the field and Carl Nassib, Carl Nassib ended up making that play, and Max Crosby was in the backfield, and Yannick Ngakwe was playing banged up in that game. Gerald McCoy got hurt. You see the character of that team to play on defense against Lamar Jackson? It was Ben Don't Break. Yes. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback, and that's a measuring stick for that defense. I think they measured up. I think uh, Lamar Jackson – was going to get his, I called it 17-31, 
Um, I missed it by a couple of touchdowns. Mm. But Lamar Jackson is a is you know, I just think if you recall over history of time, all the great scrambling quarterbacks, they just don't last though. Mm-hmm. You gotta be a pocket passer like Carr. Carr was maneuvering the in the pocket, throwing the balls, trying to make time. Um, and he wasn't running around like Lamar Jackson was. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was great, but in a sense, no great quarterback except for what's his face, um, Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes, Holmes, um, has got a championship. Yeah. If you look back at the history of that, none of them do. Yeah, so I agree. I, I love agree. Carr. Carr. Carr had a great, great game. He, I mean, he got into rhythm. Uh, him and Edwards hooked up. Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tired of. I, I really got to push for Carr. Uh, give him props. He became, definitely. He he became um, a magician out there. You know, not with his feet, but we're reading the defense and calling the plays, getting the guys in the right position to make those plays. Absolutely outstanding. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Carr was not good early. He was locked in a big storyline in the game. Brent and Lincoln were talking about it on the broadcast. And a lot of people that I talked to during the game, I talked to people during the game who were saying, what's up with Carr going to Waller too much? I said to every single person, that's a good problem to have. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's not a problem. If he's going to Waller too much, I can live with that. It's the games where he doesn't go to Waller that you say, oh, my God, where was Waller? Which isn't, that's not happening anymore. Derek did not look good early. And Derek was not sharp early. And Derek ended up the game with 435 yards. That tells you how resilient Derek Carr is. He made big play after big play. When Carr led the Raiders with no timeouts to set up the game-tying field goal, throwing the ball over the middle of the field, running up there with the team to spike the ball to get Carlson to tie that game, that was incredible. Because at that point in time, no timeouts. They got to go the length of the field. Who thought the Raiders could win the game there? You were only thinking tie. And how good is Carlson? Oh, my God. He's one of the best kickers in the league. You can really count on him now. Big one at home. Ken's in New York. Thanks for listening, Ken. What's happening? Hey, JT. Uh, first and foremost, man, you're just one of the best out there. I love listening to you. I love following you on Twitter. Uh, just thanks so much for everything you do for the for the nation here. Uh, I got a name for the game last night. I'll mm. get to that in a second. But uh, I think you nailed it. You know, it's time to take this team serious. That's something that Carr hasn't had. Everybody complains is consistency with, with the weapons that he's had. Uh, the O-line, yeah, it was shaky. Carr came out shaky. Everybody was a little off, but the poise, the fact that he just never gave up. Fans gave up on Carr after, like, the second drive. They're like, oh, he's done. We're done. Put Mariota in. Carr never gave up. Carr kept us in the game. The defense kept us in the game. Hats off to the defense. Every player just, just played lights out. Max Crosby, that's Pro Bowl football right there. If he continues that, he's going to be mm-hmm. on that Pro Bowl roster. Um, it was cool because out here in New York, uh, I was in New Jersey at the time, there was a freak storm uh, in the fourth quarter, and all the power went out. And I'm like, no! And I'm trying to get the game, trying to find out my phone and all this. It was a nightmare. And I'm check- It was a nightmare. But I got to see the end of the game. And uh, I'm with my girl. She'd never seen the Raider game before. It was the first game she watched. And she was like, this is the best game you could watch. Anyway, uh, the Raiders almost did what the Raiders do and heartbreak its fans, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, they triumph. So the, the name of this game, I think, should be called Heartbreak and Triumph because that's what it was, and it was a beautiful game. Uh, once again, uh, thanks a lot, JT, for Thank having you. me Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you calling. 
Heartbreak and Triumph. I think the name of this game that we have to come up with, and I'll read some of them later because we got some good ones, it's got to involve something with Las Vegas. Something with gambling because it was a big gambling deal. The Raiders were an underdog. Raiders won the game outright if you bet them on the money line. It should have a gambling or Sin City or Vegas or something to do with gambling in the name because it has a lot to do with Vegas. And just think of all the people that counted the Raiders out. And again, what I'm having a difficult time with today, I got to interview John Gruden on Thursday for that interview. I don't know how good this team is. I don't after that game. I know how tough they are, and I love that and how resilient they are. I don't know if they're any good. K.J. Wright, whoa, where was he? But he made a big stop on fourth down. K.J. Wright did not have a big game. Uh, The offensive line, Andre James played poorly in that game at center. Now, He's taking over for Rodney Hudson. Leatherwood, you know, I didn't look at the film of the game yet. I was bouncing around and doing things, but I don't know how good the team is. Josh Jacobs looks pretty banged up to me. How many times did Josh Jacobs come off the field limping? And I'm going, what's going on with him? It's the first game of the year. He looks like it's week 14. He's banged up. And, you know, I'm I'm waiting for this team, and I'm going, are they any good? Are they resilient? Yes, yes. Are they tough? Do they have they have a great quarterback? Great, I believe they have a great tight end. And I, I rugs people complain about rugs all the time. Rugs made some big catches in the game. Again, they didn't go to rugs early. They didn't go to Renfro early. They didn't go to Edwards early. But when they needed to, how about that toe tapping down the sideline for Renfro? Incredible. There's only one football to go around. When these guys get their chances, they have to be great. And I was impressed with Kenyon Drake on a couple of plays. I, I, I love the special teams. Love the kicker and the punter. I think they're very good at that role for this team that's going to help them win games. But I don't know. Does, does anybody have a feel how good this team is? I don't after one game. If they would have lost that game and went 0-1 and, and then going to Pittsburgh 0-2, I don't think the wheels would come off. I don't. I think this is a very good team. I just don't know how good they're going to be if they have to sustain injuries with the lack of depth. They have more depth. The defensive line proved that last night. That was a big storyline for us offseason. The defensive line was very good. Chris and West Oakland in a moment. Okay, let's get to Ruben in Vegas. Ruben, go ahead. What's happening? Hey, JT. Thanks for taking the call. I'll make it short and quick. Uh, first, really quick, uh, thoughts and well wishes to Black Hole Rob. I got a, I ran into Cisco yesterday. Yes. And he gave me a little update. You know, thoughts and prayers to him, man, you know. You go pull through this, uh, Rob. And just really quick, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to Lotus. Mm. Thank you to the Raiders. Thank you, UJT, uh, Pritch, Clay, the people I ran into yesterday. I was at the game as a Vegas local, as a diehard Raider fan, born in Texas, grew up in California, and now living in Vegas. It was just special, emotional. You know, I'm still shook, shaking, you know, because it was just such a great game. Uh, thank you. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it was good to you see guys. you, Ruben. Thank you. Thanks for coming up to the pregame show. Uh, that was one of the highlights of my career. That was one of the highlights of my career was hosting that pregame show, which is going to look a little different next time. That was our first dry run. I want to thank Eric Allen, who took about 250 selfie, selfies and was really good with his time. And then Charles Woodson showed up. And the video I have, I tweeted it out at JT the Brick of Woodson showing up was incredible. I mean, the crowds were incredible at the torch. Happy we're going to be there. Chris in West Oakland is available. Let's go, Chris. Good to see you last night. How are you, buddy? 
Oh, JT, it was awesome, man. And uh, after your wife dragged you out of there, I stayed there with Kurt. And uh, <laughs> put it this way, I haven't been to bed yet. Hey, by the um, way, by the way, I dragged my wife out of that because I called an Uber. I thought I had about 20 minutes, and it came in three. And uh, it was the best thing I did to get out to get out yeah. of there and start the ride back to Summerlin. But how, we, we saw a great man last night. We hung out with Bruce Allen, one of my mentors. We hung out with a lot of people within the Raider organization. We saw a great band. And you and I celebrated a victory, which we don't get to do a lot. Over the years, I had to get on a plane back home from Oakland. You had to do something. That was fun last night that we could spend time together. Oh, it was awesome. Hanging with Bruce Allen, like I said, it was just it, words can't describe You know how grateful I am. And like you said, we did it on your home turf, KT. You've always come here. And it's a new day in Raider football, as I've said over and over. It was bittersweet, but I made my – and if Raiders had to move, Vegas is the best place they could have gone. What better place to go? But I was talking about the game real quick because i got to get into practice here, JT, is I'm not going to be anything negative. I'm with you. I don't know how good they are. I do know this, though. This team's got a bigger set of balls than they have in the past because, like we were talking about last night, a year or two ago, there's no way they, they pulled this game out. They would have folded. In fact, a year or two ago, JT, when they got down 14 nothing, they'd have probably rolled over and just got run out of the building and then been a national joke. So the things I am going to talk about real quick, I, as I said before with this defense, bend and don't break until you get better, but give us some turnovers in short fields. Damn it, that's what they did last night. Max Crosby, what a monster he was with Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. Those two are going to be a tandem to be dealt with this year. But I want to talk a little about Derek Carr, who gets the blame for a lot. You realize, JT, people say he pads his stats, short passes. Derek Carr, from the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter through overtime, threw 270 yards in a little over 12, 13 minutes of football. And every single throw was a big throw. They brought the team back. There was no pet. That was clutch defined last night. This man is the unquestioned leader of this team. Yeah, he's not perfect. I've always said he might not be a top-five quarterback, but the quarterbacks in the league that are better than Derek Carr aren't available. And the day this guy's gone, people are going to realize we had a pretty damn good quarterback. But all in all, JT, I don't know I about coming up with a name for the game. I've seen so many great ones. This is probably in the top two or three regular season games of all time. But I'm just going to bask in the glow of this. I'm going to go to basketball practice, and I'm going to go home and sleep for about 15 hours. And later in the week, we'll break it down, and we'll talk about what team, they, what kind of team they are. But it was great seeing you, your wife, your son. What an awesome evening, JT. I can't say enough how much I value our friendship and what, what you did for me for things like last night. It was awesome, and I can't wait to do it again. Thank you, my friend, and I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Way to go, days. Chris. Yeah, I had a good time with Chris out there. Good to connect with him. As we had a good time last night. Late night, but, you know, a late night should be after a victory. There was not going to be in a late night. His voice sounds like my voice is about to sound as he, as he got on a plane and he's in the Bay Area heading to his job. How many people went to the airport today? I wonder what the airport looked like after that game last night because the strip was just incredible. How, how about Too Short and Ice Cube, the concert? Everything was great. And PT's is great. Monologue brought to you by PT's. Best happy hour in town. 5 to 7, midnight to 2. The Las Vegas football jersey giveaway at their locations. Sign up, go in, and have fun watching sports. A lot of people last night who didn't have tickets went to PT's 60-plus in the Valley and had one of the great nights of their lives.
Well, uh, I don't want to get into all the specifics, but we knew they were going to all-out blitz. That's their history. That's that's what they do. You can forget about the throw and the catch. It's the protection. Uh, it was a great pickup by our guys, and Derek threw the ball retreating. It was just a heck of a play against an all-out blitz with the game on the line. But um, we had run a version of that play earlier, yes. John Gruden on the post game last night. JT, back with you as we open up the show. Very excited to be here after an epic win. I thought one of the great wins in Raider history, regular season, all time, because of what it, what it took to win, how they won, and the magnitude of the event. The Raiders have played a number of recent Monday night football games in Oakland at the end. I talked to Steve Levy about it, the voice of Monday night football, but they were part two of a two-part Monday night football event. This was Vegas. This was bigger. And they won in a classic that will be talked about forever. So where do you put that all time, all time, in a regular season game? Well, you got to move it up because it's a regular season Monday night opener in a brand-new market that's never had football fans. So that makes the game have bigger impact than a Monday night game in Week 11 10 years ago, which might have been a great game, but it wasn't that. didn't end that way. So there's been bigger games, Super Bowls, playoff games, games to get to the playoffs. I get that. There there weren't many regular season games ever as big as that last night, period. And if you were there to see it, my dad's funny. He says, I talk to my dad every day. He goes, he said to my wife and my son, save your ticket stub. Well, Dad, there's no more ticket stubs. Everything's on the phone. <laughs> you got to screenshot that. You got to screenshot this. Uh, nice job by the Raiders with the vaccine. Talked to a couple people, had no problem. They did the alternate screening, no problem. Talked to a We were, we, behind the scenes, were overwhelmed in a good way of how many people got into the game early. I started the pregame at 3.15. I think they opened up, what time they opened it up last night? 2.30 or 3? We were mobbed. We were mobbed on the set with everybody wanting to see Eric Allen. And they knew we had Charles Woodson there. I saw people starting coming up the escalators. I'm like, what, what are we going on? 20 minutes, it was a madhouse at the torch. And, you know, we're learning. We're all doing this in progress. We're learning how to do this, just like we're learning how to do Raider Nation Radio for a year, rebuilding the lineup, bringing in new customers, new new partners. It's a work in progress. Last night, I thought was exceptional. Exceptional. Stoner dude. What a win. What a show for Raiderhead with Vinny Bonsignor and the crew. How are you? Man, JT, what an awesome weekend. First, I want to talk about that game in that first half. You know, sure, there's a lot of criticism that they weren't sharp. But for me, JT, it's a 17-game season. And that first half was our uh, that was our preseason for our starters. Mm-hmm. And we were down 14 to nothing. And, man, yeah, things looked dire. But to bring it back 14 to 10 before the half. And, of course, against a, a playoff team, JT. I mean, Lamar Jackson looked like Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the game. And that's a that's a tough Raven defense, man, but they still came back. But I got to talk about our defense, JT. Man, I've been calling out our defense for years, decades, but I think we got a real deal defense coming together under Gus Bradley. Quentin Jefferson with that first force fumble. Quentin Jefferson rocking Lyle Alzado's number 77. I love that. Carl Nassib with the second force fumble, and they capitalized both times, JT. Talking about Derek Carr, man, you know, for all you want, for all of you that want to trade for Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr was more Aaron Rodgers than Aaron Rodgers was this weekend. He was straight-up heroic in that last fourth quarter. He hit every receiver, Hunter Renfro, 
Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, those are big time throws to get the touchdowns and to get points right before the end of the game. And if Willie Sneed didn't miss that catch and the ball bounced off the defender's helmet, that would have been a touchdown right there. But to do it in overtime at home at a Monday night football home opener in front of the Raider Nation, it was awesome. Yes, Raider had played at the Rockstar Bar. Thank you, Vinny Bonsignor. Thank you, JT. I'm looking forward to the next. You got it, buddy. Good to hear from you. And we're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When we're talking X's and O's and a great comeback win, raise your cocktail game. Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. I don't have a sidecar on deck this week. I need to take a break for a few days here. But when I do, when I do, I'll have a Remy Martin sidecar and get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers pregame. 8 o'clock in the morning at M. 8 a.m. at M. That's where we were at on uh, this upcoming Sunday. So if you're in town, you're looking to keep the mojo going, see us at M Resort, Casino and Spa. We'll be there, Eric Allen and myself, probably around 7 in the morning. Start at 8, and we'll go to the pregame show, and we'll do the postgame show right after that. 702-365-9200. Brazy, right here in Vegas. Thanks for holding on 920. Yeah, thanks for having me, JT. I was there screaming my head off. I'm in the same section as you, 132 at the top. I'm there with my boy. We're experiencing it. We show up at 1 o'clock. We're tailgating. You know what this game was? This game was the birth of the Death Star. That's the name this this game has. It was the birth of the Death Star. It was great to see the young receivers stay in the game, even though they weren't getting the ball, and they came up huge. Yeah, we have the rest. It's all right. Just win, baby, right? That's what it's about. I'm so proud of the team. So proud of everybody to come out, represent Raider Nation, and get loud and and really give us a home field advantage. It was just an epic night. Like you said, it was one of the one of the greatest wins I've ever been to, mm-hmm. and I've been going to Raider games since the early '80s in LA. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how do we come back. Right, we've had great wins and we've come and fell flat on our faces before. How do we come back against Pittsburgh? What's up with uh, with Yannick, right? How's his hamstring? No. Uh, I think even uh, Coach Gruden said that uh, the other running back maybe have a little bit of hamstring issue. But it was just great to see everybody fighting to the end. No give up. That 37 seconds, 32 seconds car with the passer. It was just, it was epic. And just, uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud of the team. I'm super, super proud of the team. And I can't wait to see what we do the rest of this year. Yeah, I'm looking at the scoring drive uh, that, that I saw near the end of the game that I wanted to bring up here in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is incredible. That was on the drive where Hunter Renfro went down the sideline. You look at that. You look at that drive. First and 10 at the Las Vegas 25. Car short right to Edwards for 11 yards. Jacobs then lost two yards. Car hits Hunter Renfro to the Baltimore 39-yard line for 27 yards. So we have that Hunter Renfro play, Bobby. That was incredible that Renfro was able to catch that ball, keep his feet in bounds, and make this play. Snaps it now. Cars back up. Goes way back. Trying to find. Has to check it down. And out of bounds. Renfro down the sideline. Still going across the 40-yard line. I thought for sure he was out of bounds. So did a lot of people, especially up top. And then he threw that deep ball to Edwards for what we thought was the game-winning touchdown. So that was an unbelievable throw before the officials reviewed it. Third down and four for Carr, who goes back into the gun. So Rucks to the left. Edwards to the right. They're coming. In a hurry. Throws down the right sideline. Jump ball. Caught. It's caught. It's caught. 
Touchdown! Touchdown! Jackpot, baby! Raiders win! To review, the runner was short of the goal line. It will be first down and ten with the ball at the one-yard line. Ball at the one-yard line. First and ten, quickly. So right there, I would have put in Mariota. I would have. I would have gave Mariota the ball. It wasn't at the one-yard line. It was a half-yard line. And I would have had an empty backfield, and I would have hiked it to Mariota in the shotgun and just had him dive left or right, over the, whatever. And then i do it again. And then i do it again on third down. And then on fourth down, I would have did it again. That's it. Now, Carr does not deserve to get taken off the field unless Gruden has a package for Mariota at the one-foot line. That's all. Derek's better than Mariota by a lot. Derek should be on the field, but at the one-yard line, I bring Mariota in to ice the game. They did that first and four against the Chargers. Didn't do it because they were conservative. Now they got to have a better package for Carr or Mariota to get it done. Gangster Raider checking in after a heroic win. Go ahead. That wasn't just a regular um, season game. This was a big, big, big major um, game. And that's how you turn Sin City into Win City. And as far as the name of the game, I say we should call this the Casino Blitz Jackpot game mm. because the Casino Blitz is what we beat to win the game, and it turned into a jackpot, and it um, you know, ties in with the gambling in the Vegas. So we're going to call this the Casino Blitz Jackpot game, and way to go, Raider Nation. You know, as I told you, our trek through the desert is over. We finally got our stadium, our house, the Black Star, I mean the Death Star, and the winning, I mean, the winning begins and the losing and all that is over. And as far as the team, I think we got a good team. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Jacobs just like you are. I'm yeah. like, it's just too early in the season for him to be looking like that. But as far as incognito, as long as he can come back and hold it down for the Pittsburgh game through week five, and if Simpson can take over then, that's good. And also as far as the McCoy injury, as long as he can come back, sometime this season, like later on in the season, like either after week 11 or 12 and then be ready for the playoff push, I think that might be a blessing in disguise. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like I said, we're going to turn Sin City into Win City, and the name of the gang should be the Casino Blitz Jackpot Game. All right, I'm gone, JT. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. You know, I, I'm concerned about the injuries. Gruden's going to talk here. We're going to carry it. Uh, Bobby says around 1 o'clock, whenever he comes, we'll take John Gruden's press conference live. I'm always concerned about injuries with this team and the inability of this team to be available. It's been a case for a while, not because they don't want to play, just they get banged up way too much. We are brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco. They are bringing food by Thursday for us. Their location on Eastern, that second deck, is incredible. The only, the only carne asada burrito and fish tacos I have in town are at Wahoo's. sign of things to come for us so we just who cares how we do it let's just win right Vic's been here a while a whole bunch of people been here a while man all I all I keep saying is I just want to win so who cares if it's ugly or pretty I don't I, I do not care we won the game I'm celebrating that that's the only thing that matters yeah Derek should celebrate that was a great comeback win for him he's had a number of big comeback wins that was his biggest I think it was it was the biggest game I think he ever played in he beat Kansas City in Kansas City. This was the home opener on Monday Night Football. First time ever in front of fans. If there's a bigger game that he played in, let me know. 
I don't know of a bigger one. Eddie Pascal joins us from the Raider facility. All the great digital work, the content he provides every day. You can't miss it at Raiders.com. Eddie, it's tough to describe that game. And you're a young guy, and you've been to a lot of Raider games. But how do you describe what happened from the jaws of a victory to defeat and back again and how the Raiders were able to put that game away? Man, JT, I mean, I think I've been thinking about that since late last night, is how do you accurately describe what we saw at Allegiant Stadium last night? I think really the only way to describe it is it's kind of indescribable, right? I mean, the, the ups and the downs, the in-betweens of you win, you lose, what's going on? I mean, it was an incredible game. But I think like Derek said on, on the lead, and he goes, this is a time to celebrate. This is a moment to be excited to be a fan of the silver and black. You know, you look at what last night meant to this team, to this organization, to this city. Like, if you're a fan of the Raiders, you're, I hope you're hanging your head up high, that you're puffing your chest out, because day, today is a great day to be a fan of the Raiders. I agree with you 100%. We'll wait on Coach Gruden. The press conference is coming up. I just sense from being there and in the press box in the fourth quarter that a lot of guys were hurt. Just guys were banged up, and they were getting back on the field. They were playing for each other. But this injury report going forward is going to be a little bit unique because they do have depth at some positions, but not all over the field. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you, JT. We're going to hear from Coach Grude in just about 10 minutes here, and I'm very curious to kind of see what the state of this team is just health-wise headed into week two. I mean, obviously we see Gerald McCoy get carted off, which is the last thing that any of us want to see. But I think over the next, you know, let's remember we're on the, on the short week now, over the next four or five days, it's going to be very interesting to see who's able to go and to fly across country and to really put their best foot forward against, you know, a really good Steelers team that had a surprising week one. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on as we, as we travel through this short week. Eddie Pascal from the Raiders joins us. I thought the key for me was the hits on Lamar, the fumbles. They were hard hits. This is what we talked about, that you got to finish. Al Davis wanted the quarterback to go down in 15 plays. It, this is more of a pillowcase league now. You can't hit the quarterback. So when you have a guy like him, Lamar, running with the ball or moving around in a pocket and you get a free shot to pop him, you got to pop him. And I thought that Lamar Jackson was beat up and battered most of the night. He usually doesn't fumble the ball a couple of times like that, and he did because the Raiders were physical. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, really for me, uh, in thinking back to last night's game and having a chance to go watch back the first part of it this morning, I think for me, JT, it's the sustained pressure. And you and I have talked about this a bunch over the past six months where you look at the 2020 version of the Raiders, and we saw that, that pressure for bits and stars, right? We saw it for a quarter here. We saw it for a half here. But it felt like we didn't see it for a full 60 minutes at any point a year ago. Now, you look at last night, what we saw at Allegiant Stadium, I, I can't remember an, a Raiders defense that got after the quarterback as efficiently, as effectively, and as consistently as they did last night. I mean, you look up, and Mad Max Crosby was everywhere. Unique Ngakwe was everywhere. I mean, these guys, the interior rush was there as well. I mean, they, might, they made life incredibly difficult for Lamar Jackson, and that's a big reason why we're enjoying a victory. Tuesday today. Yeah, I think it's also very important, and I know you're talking about this in the building, the way Derek started slow. He was locked in with Waller. Fans were talking about it. It was on social media. They talked about it on the broadcast, and I even watched the Eli Manning and Peyton Manning broadcast a bit of it. They were talking about it, and I think that's a good problem to have. I really do. If you're going to Waller too much, that means you're letting Waller have opportunities to make plays, and then Derek kind of got out of that and started involving everyone else in one-on-one coverage. But I'm good with going to Waller a little bit more so than usual. How'd you see it? Yeah, I'm kind of with you the same way, JT. I mean, I'm looking at Waller's line right now. He's in 19 targets. He finishes with 10 catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. And I think you bring up a great point where, look, if you're going to feed Waller, 
And Waller is your best weapon on the outside. Wide receiver, tight end, running back, it does not matter. There is only one Darren Waller in the NFL. So you need to have him get his touches. And like you said, though, when Waller is eating, when he is consistently being fed, that opens up so much more for the rest of his offense. And I think that final play, that final beautiful touchdown to Zay Jones was a perfect example of that. Eddie, when I look at this team going into the short week, because we'll talk to you, I'll see you in the building coming up. Look, I, I was I was shocked. I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, and they were up in that game 10 nothing. Very similar to the Raiders' comeback, a different flow to the game. Raiders was more dramatic and exciting, but Pittsburgh's down on the road in Buffalo. Probably going to lose the game. Buffalo's a better team. They're at home. Pittsburgh dominated them the second half of the game and pulled away easily. The Raiders on a short week, banged up with injuries. I think they're going to have to run the ball. I think they're going to have to be really cautious at times in this game, get to a manageable score late, and then maybe Carlson wins it. Carlson now is becoming a force who can make any kick out there. I see this being a battle in Pittsburgh coming up Sunday. Yeah, I see it the same way. And look, JT, you and I both know that John Gruden has made it very clear that he wants to run the ball. He wants to be a run-first offense. And if you take away Marcus Mariota's 31-yard running from last night, the Raiders had barely over 50 rushing yards, yeah. and that's not going to get the job done against the Steelers. It just isn't. You know, historically speaking, these Steelers are one of the stoutest defenses in the NFL. What do they do well? They stop the run really, really well. So you are going to have to figure out a way to establish a tone at the line of scrimmage. You are going to have to get Josh's, excuse me, get Josh's touches. You are going to have to get Kenyon Drake involved. You are going to have to win the time of possession. Establish who you are behind that big offensive line. And I see it very much the same way you do, JT, where it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a hard, it's going to be a challenge for this team going, traveling on a short week against a very good Steelers team. But I will say this, that we saw it last year, and I have a feeling that we will see it again in 2021, JT, when the Raiders can be who they want, a run-first team where they dominate the line of scrimmage, they are just built in such a way that they are really, really hard to beat. So if that is the case next Sunday in Pittsburgh, I like where the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, how they stack up. Obviously, we're going to have to see who's able to go. We'll hear from Coach Gruden in a few minutes here. But, man, yeah, it's an it's exciting time to be a Raiders fan. And, gosh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun on Sunday out there in Pennsylvania. What's happening at Raiders.com on the digital side with all the celebrity sightings? we got Mark Chinook coming up at the top of the hour, in-game entertainment, getting the crowd going. What were some of the things you were talking about today and will lead up to this Pittsburgh game with? Oh, man, I mean, I think that just kind of – embracing the moment of last night. And, JT, you've been in the city a lot longer than I have, so you can speak to this so much better than I. But last night really did feel like a celebration for the city of Las Vegas, didn't it? I know it was a huge win for the Raiders on the field, but it just felt like the city had a chance to kind of say, hey, look at us, we're here, we're an NFL city now. And it was really, really cool to kind of see, to see that and to kind of bask in it. Awesome, Eddie. I'll see you at the building this week. Thanks for the time, as always. All right. Always, JT. We'll talk to you later. Eddie Pascal, Raiders Digital. Check out all his work at Raiders.com. If you haven't checked out the new 5-Iron Golf at Area 15, they got an incredible offer for you. A free club fitting with the fitting lab. Listen to this. State-of-the-art custom golf fitting service. Whether you're an avid player or a beginner, expert club fitters help you find the right clubs for your swing, ability, and budget. No pressure, no frills, no hidden cost. So give them a call and get a free club fitting today. Tell them JT sent you, and you get a $400 service for free. Call now, 5-Iron Golf. We were just over there again. I'm going there this week. Love it over there. I pick out a new golf course to play every week. I play 18 holes with new golf clubs, have some beverages and some food. Love it. 5-Iron Golf, proud partner of our show. 
And a lot, a lot of new proud partners jumping on board, including our new Monday Night Football partner. I'll tell you about that next hour. 